It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 17th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can find me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic back to work trying to get themselves healthy, trying to get themselves ready. We'll talk about some of the updates from Orlando Magic practice here from a couple Magic players as the Magic get themselves ready for Thursday's game against the Charlotte Hornets, their home opener for the preseason. For the preseason. We're a week away from the beginning of the NBA season. We'll talk about where the Magic are at as they try to get ready for the regular season. Plus, we'll talk about some key role players who have to shoot the ball well for the Magic to get the most out of them and for the Magic to uh, take the steps that they need to take. We'll, we'll talk about James Ennis and Gary Clark up ahead. And then we'll quickly touch on what to expect from Thursday's game against the Charlotte Hornets. What, what, I, what I'm looking for um, as, yes, I will be at the Amway Center uh, for Thursday's game against the Charlotte Hornets. So we'll, we'll get, I'll, get, I'll definitely give a report on what the lay of the land is like inside the building uh, on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But we'll talk about what to expect in the game itself coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Charlotte Hornets before the Magic take, take them on? Check out Locked On Hornets. They're, they're, they're your best source. They're good friends of the show. They're your best source for the Charlotte Hornets information you need to get ready for Thursday's game. No matter what team you're interested in, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college to you, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for Locked On in the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. When I was in journalism school, it was actually kind of the first assignment I had in journalism school. Um, it was We were supposed to do like a day in the life thing, and and... The number one thing that 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 the the reporter that was there to kind of guide us and, and lead us in discussion was you know never lead with the sun rises. Well, what what else is it gonna what else is it gonna do? It, it doesn't 
add much to the story. It's time is a thing. It marches on. It never, you know, goes back. And, you know, things can only do what they're meant to do. And so the calendar is marching on. This is, this is me breaking that rule and doing a time marches on lead. But time does march on. And we are a week away from the beginning of the NBA season. A week away from the games counting. A week away from all the prep as little as there was coming to a head to the team actually having to get on the floor against another team and it counting for something. Every team in the NBA is dealing with this same issue. Every team in the NBA is dealing with this issue of time. What do we focus on? What do we put our attention on? What do we try and accomplish here in the preseason before the games start to mean something? These are all big, 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 big questions. Not small questions at all. Big questions that every team is managing and trying to face. And ultimately, the clock is going to strike zero. The the launch countdown will hit zero. The rocket will go off. And we'll see exactly where it lands. The Magic open their season, of course, next Wednesday, December 23rd, against the Miami Heat. They have two more preseason games left and several more practices. They'll practice again. Uh, they'll, pra- they'll play, obviously, Thursday. They'll practice again Friday. They'll play Saturday. They'll take Sunday off. And then Monday and Tuesday. So that's, what, three practices and two games to get ready for the first season. And for a season that's really going to be unlike any other. But the Magic have a lot of work to do before they get there. A lot of work. And after Sunday's disappointing effort... The team is trying to manage a whole lot of things as they get ready for play. You know, we're earring on playing more, you know, and getting up and down the floor. We played a lot yesterday. We played a lot today. And, uh, you know, so there's going to be some things organizationally and some detailed things that, uh, you know, we're just not where I'd like to be. But I just think, like, you know, you you got to get guys in rhythm with their games, and the only way to do it is to is to play a lot of five on five. And this has been one of the balances that that Clifford had as well in the bubble, as much as he's having it today. The team hasn't had a normal offseason. They haven't been able to do the things they normally do. Clifford is a big believer of the optional workouts the team holds in September, and the Magic obviously didn't have those. The Magic had limited access to gyms, and they were only allowed to do certain things and work out in certain ways. Uh, as the team got back together before the season. And so Clifford's focus has been on just getting guys into rhythm, getting guys into shooting rhythm, into playing rhythm, and worrying about some of the finer details and worrying about kind of the more advanced level stuff later on down the season. Um, You know, these are NBA players. They're able to really synthesize and execute, you know, plays and and new information without going through the motions in practice. That's that's, uh, actually something that is... A big deal in, in leagues is, is, you know, practice time is spent fine-tuning very specific things, but adjustments and tweaks to systems are done in hotel ballrooms as guys are walking around or in, in film study. Um, it, it, it isn't necessarily done in live action. Um, you know, these, I mean, people, I don't think people realize what high-level basketball players and minds these guys are in order to play at this high of a level. So Clifford's focus has been on getting guys playing. Now, certainly, that has that has a, a downside to it. And I think we saw that downside Sunday where the team, you know, didn't have the attention to detail that maybe they would need or didn't have all the tools they needed to play at a high level. But at the end of the day, the Magic need 
to play to their principles, to their foundation, to what they believe in ultimately. They need to play hard. They need to play together. They, they need to do all those cliches. And the goal for now is to keep getting better, to keep adding in some of those details, to keep adding in some of that organization. And Clifford's always big, like, you know, we play, but we make sure we're organized enough that we're playing in, in a way that, that the Magic ultimately want to play. And certainly, it all helps that the Magic have a lot of guys who've done this before, who've played in this system, who know exactly what Steve Clifford is looking for. And so the goal is to keep moving forward and to keep getting better with each practice. You know, I think we need to keep getting better each game uh, and each day, actually, in practice and uh, just keep moving forward. You know, I think each day we're getting a little bit better. We're getting more comfortable with each other. And, um, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're ready to go, I think. You know, we're, we're practicing like it's our first game. And, yeah, you know, we're just getting better each day, I think. And, and we're working hard and doing all the things we need to do to be successful this season. While there are a lot of young players on this team, and Michael Carter-Williams did point out several things the Magic did wrong in Sunday's game. He said that defensively they weren't in the right spots, they weren't as intense as they needed to be, and I'd agree with that. Generally, both games actually, both Friday and Sunday, I thought the Magic were not particularly intense in either game. Um, It just felt like they were going, not, they're kind of going through the motions or they're playing at kind of preseason intensity. So they'll definitely need to ratchet that up and and show that they can get down and defend at a higher level. And he also said, you know, with, with the second unit that he primarily played with, um, the spacing wasn't great. Um, the team just was kind of a little bit lost and disorganized, and some of that is just uh, integrating some new players, such as Cole Anthony, such as Shumo Kiki, such as you know even Dwayne Bacon to some extent. So there's still a little bit of growing, and, and while it, it does sound like and, and feel like the Magic are, are on track to be ready for the regular season, um, they're, they're not ready for the regular season. Um, you know, both games, my general take, genuine takeaway from Friday and Sunday, both were... These were preseason games. Although I thought Friday the Magic were certainly much more organized and and more um, sh- and sharper than they were on Sunday. Um, it's very clear the Magic are kind of still in the feeling out process. So these games coming up, both Thursday and Saturday, these games are critical for the Magic to take that step, to take that next step, and to put them and, and, and to continue to get better. Um, you know, I often say with preseason, you've heard, if you've listened to this podcast during the preseason before, I often say the goal is to be progressively better with each game, to progressively look more ready for the regular season. Obviously, Friday they looked good, Sunday they didn't look as good. So Thursday is a little bit of a chance at redemption, a little bit of a chance to get themselves right and get themselves in a better position. Um, it's 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 a lot of work still, to be sure. Um, it's It's definitely a lot of work, but... The good news for the Magic is they're starting to get a little bit healthier. Uh, Terrence Ross returned to practice on Tuesday. He practiced again on Wednesday and does appear to be set to make his debut for the season at some point before the preseason ends. Um, so he, he may not play Thursday, but it seems certain that he'll play Saturday. Or Steve Clifford seemed to um, intimate that it's pretty certain that, that Ross will play um, sometime before the end of the preseason. So that is certainly very, very good news for the Orlando Magic. Um, he gives them some much-needed and desperately-needed scoring punch off the bench. Clifford also said that James Ennis is making progress toward a return, although he is still a little ways off. The, the concern there being that they don't want, you know, it, they don't want that injury. They don't want him to, to rush him back from that injury and then to have it reoccur or, or to aggravate in any way, and then he's out even longer. So I think that I think the Magic certainly trust him as a veteran who understands what this team is trying to do. Has been on this team. Has been around many teams. Has been in the league for so long. 
I, I think they're erring on the side of caution and letting him get work his way back. And, uh, you know, Alfred Camino is still a little ways away too. But the good news came after the Magic's media availability. Uh, Josh Robbins of The Athletic reporting that Mo Bamba has been cleared for physical contact and physical activity. Um, and that would suggest that Mo Bamba will be able to join practice very soon. That does not mean that he will play Thursday or Saturday. That does not mean he will be with the team for the rest of the preseason. There's obviously only one practice left, and Clifford is someone that likes to make sure guys go through their paces and are on the right track before they enter games. But it is a good sign that Mo Bamba will be available sometime early in the regular season. And that's obviously very, very good news because Mo Bamba can be a major impactor for this team. And I think, you know, the Magic are very excited uh, about what he can do and the progress that he did make toward the end of last season. That's all good news, and everything is still hurtling toward the start of the season on Wednesday. It's, it's amazing that it is Wednesday. Um, and so again, the process is just to get better and to kind of put games like Sunday behind them and make their mark. Trying to get better is the biggest thing. It's trying to make sure that you know we all take the proper steps and make sure that we're, you know, we've improved from the last game. And, you know, we don't want to have any more, you know, disappointing games like that. So I think you know, we're all trying to get better with each game, and it's kind of all you can hope for. That's certainly a big task for the Orlando Magic in Thursday's game against the Charlotte Hornets. We'll talk more about that game and what to expect a little bit later on in the show, but I want to start, I want to continue our player outlook series by talking about two role players that have to prove they are the good shooters that that the coach seems to think they are. They need the numbers to back up the good shooting. We'll talk about James Ennis and Gary Clark coming up here in just a moment. But first, Built Bar is back and even more delicious than ever. You know, we all have busy lives. We all work out. We all try to get the right nutrients and the right energy inside of us. Protein is the best place to get your energy, believe it or not. Or I think it is. That, that's, that's what I remember studying in eighth grade. Uh, and Built Bar is the best way to do it. You go look at those other energy bars, those other protein bars, and they're a, meal replacement bars are not actually for supplementing energy. They're for kind of giving you an extra snack. So they're for those like big meaty bodybuilders or the, the, the real workout warriors who just need to replace calories constantly. That's not most of us. Most of us just want a little snack and a little boost of energy in our day. And that's why Built Bar is the, the energy bar that I turn to. Comes in 18 amazing flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. And most are under 150 calories. All of them, I believe, are under 200 calories. These are not meal replacement bars. These are snack bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast and hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice 
to make the smartest possible wager. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts today. Do Orlando Magic have a shooting problem? Let's just let's just get that out in the air. That's 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 obvious. If you follow this Orlando Magic team, it is one of the big issues facing this team. It is one of the big things that this team is struggling with and trying to figure out. It's an issue that, yes, has kind of been ignored with the team's acquisitions and free agents. Free agents. Although both Chuma Okiki and Cole Anthony both seem capable three-point shooters. They don't quite have NBA respect yet from the line. They're going to have to earn that early in the season. And if they can get that, that's going to change a lot of what the Magic try to do. Shooting in this league is at a premium. And it allows you to do so much. I mean, even just go back and look at the 2009 team and what they were able to accomplish um, because they revolutionized how to use the three-point line and how to space the floor. But the Magic are going to have to work with what they've got. They're going to have to work and deal with the players that they currently have on their roster. There's no getting around this. There's no changing it. And the Magic have guys that, in theory at least, seem to be good shooters. Whenever Steve Clifford talks about James Ennis, for instance, he talks about how James Ennis is a reliable three-point shooter. How he is someone that he trusts to make outside shots, and if only he had the time to get used to the way the Magic run things, Magic fans would have seen just how good of a three-point shooter he could be and how much he could space the floor and help. Even when Clifford made those claims... They felt a little dubious. But there is something to it. Ennis is a career 35% three-point shooter. It's not a lot to get excited about, but it's better than what the Magic have in a lot of ways. Yet, Ennis shot only 28.6% on three-pointers for the Magic last season, 18 for 63. Ennis shot 26.7% from beyond the arc in the bubble. So again, just when he was more used to the team and and saw scoring actually increase to 11 points per game. In the playoffs, Ennis shot just 25% from beyond the arc. This is not the picture of someone who is a good three-point shooter. Ennis was actually more effective as a pull-up three-point shooter than as a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, hitting 38.5% of his pull-up three-pointers. That's actually a decent percentage according to Basketball Index. Still, Ennis is largely ignored at the three-point line. This is part of the problem. Orlando has plenty of players who can create shots or want to, or believe at least, they can create shots for themselves. They have a lot of of playmakers and guys who are trying to create for others. Markel Fultz is a willing passer. Nikola Vucevic is one of the best passing big men in the country, or in the league. Um, Aaron Gordon has developed a little bit more into a passer uh, through the latter half of last season. Evan Fournier can get a little bit of tunnel vision, but he's at least a reliable three-point shooter and a reliable scorer for this team. Again, maybe not the level the Magic ultimately need for the way that they use him, but the best of what they got. In order for this Magic team to work, they're going to need grinders. They're going to need guys who don't need the ball in their hands, who can provide space and outlets for those players who are trying to create and drive, create for themselves, create for others, whatever it is. Nikola Vucevic is a capable three-point shooter, especially at the center position, although he is still largely left wide open on the three-point line. And the Magic do a good job kind of finding open guys if they can get the shots off in time. But then again, those guys are probably left open because 
teams are so focused on congesting the paint. A good shooter is going to create driving lanes that Marco Fultz and Aaron Gordon, frankly, have not seen in their time with Orlando. And part of the reason why you want Marco Fultz on the ball even more is so you can get Evan Fournier off the ball so he can space the floor as a spot-up shooter and, again, attacker off of second, off of transition and rotations, which is honestly where I think he is much more effective as a pick-and-roll and as a driving player. This is all to say, the, again, as obvious as it sounds, the Magic need more shooting. And they need James Ennis to at least be a 35% shooter. Because remember, the Magic lost perhaps their best three-point shooter in DJ Augustine. And while Terrence Ross attracts a lot of attention running around the paint and running around off screens, the Magic still need floor spacers because Terrence Ross and getting around those screens is also going to benefit from someone who can space the floor. And that's why James Ennis has to hit threes. That's why that... Uh, you know, that kind of off-ball position, that non, you know, that fifth starter needs to be a 3 and D player. Gary Clark is facing, honestly, very much the same issue. Very much the same kind of dilemma. Gary Clark is actually a decent three-point shooter. You look at his numbers and, and the impact that he had, he was okay. And his development as a three-point shooter is vital to the team's success. Last year for the Magic, he shot 35% on three-pointers. Again, that same average, that career average for James Ennis. Relatively small sample, only 60 total three-point attempts in the regular season, uh, and all but one of his three-point attempts in the playoffs were three, or one of all, one of all but one of his field goal attempts in the playoffs were three-pointers. The three-point percentage, that 35% three-point field goal percentage, placed him third among Magic rotation players, and frankly. Gary Clark wasn't in the rotation very long last year. He's only behind Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier in terms of three-point field goal percentage for the Magic. Melvin Frazier, giving him credit, shot 50%, but too small a sample to, to really say anything. And again, I'm a little, dis- a little disappointed with how the Magic didn't give Melvin Frazier a chance, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Clark right now is considered one of the Magic's better shooters. And yes, I understand that's not saying much. But he showed in the playoffs the value he can have as a shooter, as a floor spacer, as someone who can hit from the outside. And the question is, can he hit enough? Can he play a large enough role where defenses are respecting him? You know, Steve Clifford said a little while or during the offseason that, you know, Defenses don't really respect your three-point shot unless you're a 37 to 38% three-point shooter. So like even getting up to 35, 36, you're going to hurt the defense. You're going to give yourself, you know, you're going to have the, the game where you shoot, you know, you're able to shoot yourself in, shoot yourself into actually being paid attention to. But most part, scouting reports are going to say, dig in, don't worry about him on the perimeter. That's, that's the reality, unfortunately. That's kind of what the deal is with shooting in this league. And so, for the Magic to have success this season, for the Magic to accomplish what they want to accomplish, these two role players who are essentially on this team to shoot and defend, to be, yes, 3 and D players, have to get the three-part right. James Ennis, you know, not a spectacular defender, is a, but is solid enough. Gary Clark is solid for playing the four. They can hold their spots down. That's not the concern. But what the Magic are going to need from them is to make that three go down. 
to hit threes and to give the other players on the floor the space to operate. It is by far the biggest thing this Magic team is missing. And yes, that is obvious, but needs to be said nonetheless. We'll talk about the Orlando Magic's game against the Charlotte Hornets and what to look forward to as the Magic play their third preseason game coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NBA fans, listen up. The Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcasts all this week, plus waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'll be tuning into the preview of the Orlando Magic, which I contributed because I want to make sure it sounds good, um, and hear what they all have to say about the Orlando Magic's prospects coming up this season. The Southeast Division is still to come. So tune into Locked On NBA all week. Go to the back channel, back archives, and listen to all week to get the preview that you need for the NBA season. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts today. The Orlando Magic will take on the Charlotte Hornets on Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Amway Center. Yes, I will be inside the Amway Center. I will get the lay of the land and share that with you uh, at, when when I get home, obviously, uh, for in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But let's focus in on what the Magic need to do this game. I did watch Charlotte's game against the Toronto Raptors from Monday. Um, Charlotte is, you know, give James Borrego credit, and, and he was like this when he was in Orlando too. His teams play really hard. They're, they're really pesky. They get after you. Um, they, they're looking to pounce on mistakes. And that's kind of the team they have with LaMelo Ball and Devontae Graham and Terry Rogier. And at that point, they had Gordon Hayward, although Hayward will not be playing after uh, breaking his finger. Um, and he's looking and he's listed as day-to-day, but it's looking like he'll be out for a few weeks, which, again, for a team like the Hornets, could be enough to knock them out of the playoffs. So major injury there with Gordon Hayward out of the lineup. But the one thing I noticed about this Hornets team is they they are looking to pressure you. They're looking to really just be pests and looking to create turnovers. Um, LaMelo Ball, um, you know, obviously uh, I had him as my top prospect in the draft. Uh, he hasn't scored very much. He didn't score his first game. He hit a couple shots uh, in the game against the, the Raptors, in the second game against the Raptors, but, but was really impressive about him. And what I think is probably his most NBA-ready skill is his passing. His passing was really, really good. Like, impressively good um, during this game against the Toronto Raptors. Um, he had a couple... You know, he could be a little flashy, and I think the, he'll throw the ball around a little bit. Um, but uh, his pa- like his ability to push the ball up the court and get ahead of the defense uh, was was really impressive to watch. And so really, you know, kind of the big thing, and the Magic are a very good team at stopping transition, and some of that is just they don't turn the ball over. They don't make the kind of mistakes that lead to easy baskets on the other end. Uh, And so this is going to be a a, a test. The next two games are going to be a test of the Magic's discipline. And, And that's really important at this stage of the preseason. Can you be disciplined enough to run your stuff and run it efficiently and effectively? 
Because if you don't, Charlotte's going to make you pay. Charlotte is going to take advantage of those mistakes. And I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch again is the Magic. You know, can they build up the kind of discipline that they need, uh, that they're going to need and that, that they played with last year um, against a team like Charlotte? Defensively, you know, I, I think the Hornets, you know, obviously without Gordon Hayward, they lose, I think, a lot of what can kind of make them effective in the half court. I think what the Hornets are going to try to do and the way that they're going to play is they're going to try and speed games up. And so, you know, as much as the Magic want to play with pace, They've got to control the tempo too. They've got to be the ones controlling the pace of the game. When they want to play fast, the game goes fast. When they want to play slower, the game's got to play slower. And it's got to be their decision to make to make that happen or not. That's going to be the real kind of interesting push or pull in this game. It's how these teams kind of manage that. Um, and I think it's going to be very, 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 very interesting to watch uh, to watch it all play play out. Offensively, again. Magic got to limit turnovers. They got to execute well. They got to play with some intensity and purpose. That's that's really such a big key. Defensively, very much the same thing. Play with intensity. Really get after Charlotte because I think Charlotte will make mistakes. The Magic have the size advantage. That's why the Magic really dominated the Hornets last last year. You know, Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier are really nice players, um, but you put a little size on them, and, and I think you can't slow them down. Now, Lamelo Ball has size. He's going to be able to match it a little bit too. But Orlando's got to be able to kind of enforce their will defensively. And that's going to be, I think, a really big key because, you know, as good as Charlotte looks and as interesting as they might be, that team has a severe talent deficit still. I, I, I hate to say it. Gordon Hayward's a nice piece. Uh, obviously, he won't play Thursday. LaMelo Ball is certainly a, a promising rookie, and, and I think he's he's going to turn out just okay. I think he's going to turn out fine. He'll certainly be, you know, kind of on the level that his brother Lonzo is at. Um, but th- this is still a team that is missing a lot of things. Uh, and, and their bench isn't particularly great. Um, you know, you know, Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington get, get, can get out on the floor uh, and do some things. You know, we still don't quite know what they are as far as NBA prospects are. But that bench is, is lacking a lot of firepower. Um, and so this should be a game where the Magic's bench gets some run and gets, gets a good look at some things. I, I do want to see the Magic bench play a lot better. Um, in both games, both Friday and Sunday, the Magic's bench kind of gave away leads or put the Magic in a little bit of a hole in Sunday's case. Um, they, they need to play better. Uh, I want to see Cole Anthony look a lot more comfortable, kind of build off of the strong game that he had. And again, a lot of that came in the fourth quarter when he was playing with the starting starting group. So again, having starters around is important. I am curious if Steve Clifford's going to use one of these games as sort of a dress rehearsal. Um, we already saw on Sunday the Magic not use they're kind of two-way players and G-League guys as much. Um, so so I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Magic are playing something close to a normal rotation. I'm curious if how, how much the Magic will bump up those minutes. You know, Aaron Gordon essentially didn't play in the second half of either game. Uh, and so I'm curious if there's going to be a little bit of a ramping up of minutes. And if that's the case, then certainly the result is going to matter. I mean, I think the disappointing thing about Sunday is, you know, the Magic didn't play the way that they needed to and the Magic still had a chance to win and their starters finished, and they didn't win. So, you know, again, a lot to work on, a lot to improve, and a lot to uh, a lot to build off of uh, and work on against a team that, yes, the Magic should beat the Hornets. If this were a regular season game, we would be expecting the Magic to win this game. The Magic certainly, I think, are good enough to win this game. Uh, you know, if this were a regular season game, I think that, that, that this is a team that the Magic should have an advantage over. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. The game is on Fox Sports Florida, so you'll be able to watch the Magic for the first time on local TV here in Orlando. 
It'll be on League Pass too. If you get that, I was able to watch both Magic Hawks games on League Pass, so I don't know if they'll be blacked out live, but certainly the replays will be available for you too. Um, I'll be at the Amway Center again, so follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily for updates from the Amway Center as the game goes on, uh, and we'll see if we have a good game or not. We'll, we'll, We'll see how much fun we can have. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can always follow me on Twitter at, Lock, at Locked On Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_md, And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. The Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is open, so send me your Orlando Magic questions. I will try and get to them before the beginning of the season on Wednesday. So send them to me at omagicdaily on Twitter or by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.